0: Welcome to the Totally Scottish Football Show, I'm Andrew Slavin, here to calm you down after an angry weekend in Scotland. But let's face it, when is it not? Lennon's on leave, Levine's feeling lady, mother will march on Well, Boyd gives Shinny a shooing. And there's no rubbish refereeing for us to get angry about, just some ghastly goalkeeping. In the SPFL, Berwick got battered and there was an Annen annihilation. We'll be joined by the Bankie's gaffer, slash player. Peter Murphy later on in the podcast Alongside me in the studio Two people that never argue with each other Unless we discuss Aberdeen of course And we probably will be discussing them To be fair From the Telegraph it's JJ Bull And from Copper 90 it's
1: Laura Brannan Andrew you just gone through that whole intro without a single mistake I'm very proud <laughs> <laughs> I've made it!
0: I have arrived! One take wonder That's alright wasn't it? That was quite good Well done but, well. Other people might disagree but there you go how is Uh, everyone
1: you well you all right (laughs) all good great
2: all ready for the arguments
1: let's have a great podcast
0: No doubt about the big story in Scottish football this weekend. No peace for Lennon at Easter Road as he was suspended as manager of Hibernian on Saturday morning. We're joined now by Ed Norville, writer for These Football Times and a Hibs fan. Ed, there's a lot of rumours surrounding this and we can only speculate on what's happened, but it's fair to say there's been some misconduct on Neil Lennon's part if he's been suspended, right?
3: Yeah, I would say so, mate. I mean... You you don't and as you say, it's all rumors and you don't want to necessarily badmouth anyone, but it seems like there are problems on, on both sides, you know, with the players and with Neil Lennon. I mean, with David Gray coming out and saying that he he found out, you know, through through the TV, mm. it seems like there's maybe problems involving the board as well, you know, something that the players might not have seen.
0: What's what's um, supposed to have so... happened,
3: Ed? What 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 are the, the rumours? Well, I, I would say what it seems to be is maybe a couple of the players have got a bit of an attitude problem and it seems that Lennon's given them a bit of dressing down mm. and they've gone to the board to sort of say, you know, this is getting bit out of hand or whatnot. And with David Gray, you know, he's come out in the news and said, you know, this is news to me. The The training sessions went fine. It's very possible that, you know, Leanne Dempster or Rod Petrie or someone's gone to Lennon to address the issue. And there's maybe been a little bit of friction there.
0: Lennon and um, his assistant has been pretty scathing of, you know, the likes of Florian Canberry, for instance, um, post-match yeah, and interviews it's not and stuff. good
3: it? for the young guy either, mate. I mean, that's the thing, like, it's hard week in, week out almost, you know, to be when other players aren't performing as well, to be almost like a scapegoat as much as a lot of people are saying, oh, it's a bit soft going to the board, you know, to be fair, it's not nice hearing about yourself in the news every week, mm. you know.
1: Do, they, so. do the fans sympathise with Lennon on this then, do you think? Do they Do they see what he's talking about with the players or do you think he's taking it too far? Uh,
3: I would say unequivocally that Lennon has their backing, but it's probably more to do with them not backing the board rather than just Lennon. You know, I think... Um, Lennon has a lot of fans will defend him for his passion and he's done great with Hibs, you know, promotion, fourth place. But he's also got his faults as a manager and Hibs have been quite poor this season, you know. So I think the the backing that Lennon's receiving is probably as much to do with an anti-board sentiment as much as necessarily a pro-Lennon sentiment.
1: Is that because of him um, not investing in, in the team? Is there money there to spend? Because I know he's he wants new players in, he's maybe not happy with things he's got, but they've sold Cummings, McGinn, McGeagher, and now uh, Ambrose as well. Yeah. Is it a lack <laughs> of ambition apart of the club, or is it just because they simply don't have the money to get the players of a standard in? Because they did sign new players, obviously, in the summer, but then yeah. you can't form a team in five minutes.
3: Yeah, so they brought in Camberi. They brought in Horgan, they brought in Malin. So there are good players there. Mm. But at the same time, if if it's not what Lennon's after, you know, maybe the board aren't able to match his ambitions. And this has happened before. Lennon's not an anomaly in this case. It happened with Pat Lennon, eh, with Collins. So it's, it's very much, it seems like as soon as a manager does put their foot down and say, listen, I need something. I need more here. The board maybe aren't willing to spend, and it does seem like they're they're doing all right with money. You know, Mm. when the fans, uh, the the board, sorry, are saying they've they've sort of not got money or they're reluctant to communicate with the fans, this sort of silence is being misconstrued as like a a real sort of negative, like secrecy. You know, and I think that's isolated a lot of fans as well. So that's it's almost snowballing. How important
0: is it for for the board to kind of not sweep this kind of under the carpet and all like that, but to get someone new in, you know, do they want it? It's fair to say. it as, limits them. It, well, I know, I know but if, if it's Who's fair to say in? Lennon's career at, 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 at Hibs is over. So getting a new manager in, who is likely to replace? There's a couple of names. Gordon Strachan is one of them. Lee Clark's yeah. throwing his name yeah, into so the hat. There's
3: Gordon Strachan, Alan Stubbs coming back. Would you like Alan Stubbs to come back at Hibs? Uh, no, not really, no. Not, I mean, what he'd done, obviously, was incredible to win the Cup, but I don't think he was a great manager. Gordon Schraken, maybe for a short-term fix if need be, but the, the rumour of Graham Arnold from Australia, mm. um, he said he would. he's interested in taking the job. You know, he's come out and said that. Uh, he's done pretty good with the Australian national side, uh, and I think he was at, uh, it was at Sydney, and he'd done all right there.
0: And obviously, and there's there's a lot of strong links as well, isn't there? With uh, with yeah, Martin yeah,
3: Boyle, totally. that's it. And I think that would be really interesting. And I think again, the problem really, or the the issue is sort of, it's it's multifaceted. You know, there's a short term solution would be right, we replace a manager, but it always comes back to the board. And long term, you can't just keep replacing managers if the board are still. If this issue is going to keep recurring, then you know nothing's going to change in the long term. So it needs to be sort of reconciling if a short-term solution is the solution, or if sort of a longer-term perspective needs to be taken, and how to how to implement something longer-term against the board. It's tricky, yeah. Unless <laughs> Petrie is going to take the SFA job, and and then he might be further removed from Hibs.
0: That's interesting.
3: That might open up a a new sort of seat. The funny thing is, is someone tweeted uh, the other day about Hibs keep trying to sell this murder mystery thing at Easter Road. Um, so it's like a murder mystery day out or night out or something. And it's like they keep promoting this, and it's like this is turning into this, eh? Yeah. Tell, like tell, this is turning we'll into, into in the a boardroom. Yeah. Uh... Oh,
1: <laughs> Take um in. We're good in the first half. I thought they were. They took the game to Hibs and did very well yeah, and then they right scored right. and then they stopped trying <laughs> and then Hibs uh, I noticed that Gray kept getting forward up the right all the time mm. so that was one of the things that they did uh, but as soon as honestly as soon as St Mirren scored it seemed to it t- turn into a different game it was
2: very much a sliding doors moment as well wasn't it, Cause it was, I think it was Kyle McAllister and he had the mm. chance to make it 2-0 dithered made a terrible decision on the ball and then they when go he's up when goal the yeah. keeper
1: that's hard though isn't it because if he'd hit it I think there was someone just yeah there's no
2: guarantee he would have necessarily scored it but it was it was poor decision making or maybe a wee bit bad timing for him mm-hmm. but it was the fact that seconds later they go up the other end and equalise and it changes the entire game yeah. if he'd scored that it would have been a different result it's
0: funny because it, it was um, a game of two halves um, it was a game of two halves it was but um, you know, most importantly was, um, it was when Ollie Shaw came on for Horgan wasn't it, it was. and he basically played his part in, in two of the goals I love yeah. how
2: that happens when you think it's a disadvantage when someone goes off injured and you're like oh that's it that's, that's down and out now and but then they change. the
1: shape change, for that, right? that's we, the thing we, we we had, they were forced diamonds, to change yeah. the
2: shape not just change a player but they change the whole shape and I really like that kind of Against the odds story mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of them coming back to pull it off because I've seen it before when it happens and you're just like oh key player that's it bit of a
0: bit of a masterstroke yeah. from um, their interim boss Eddie who, who
2: very clearly doesn't want the job yeah yeah well he's the Eddie academy May. Eddie May yeah Eddie, Eddie May, May. He's the Murray. academy
0: coach and he so he's came in
2: very resilient in terms of the post match interview just say I don't want it I'm not interested yeah, done management it. I don't want to go back into again this is not for me and the as sooner this as gets sorted the better <laughs> see, see
1: Mirren, <laughs> I've had the same problems all season long with defending aerial balls and winning the second ball and it, like that first Hibs goal is a punt long from the keeper the first defender can't remember who it is who goes for the header it gets nowhere close nowhere near aggressive enough and then Hibs get in behind with an overload then the second goal the corner again they're all man to man marking at corners yeah. I know it makes sense if you're maybe a bit down in your luck or whatever but surely you've got someone on the, on the six yard box to Head away that ball that comes in because Malin just slices his th- foot through it and it just floats into the box.
0: Well, what, what I found um, for, the, for the final two goals for, for Hibbs was just the amount of ball watching that you can clearly see from the St. Mirren players. They're not keeping an eye on who's around It's like
1: around nerves, they, know, they must take responsibility for it so mm. they don't go in. It's like a lack of aggression, maybe. It's
0: getting harder and harder for Oren Kearney to justify what he's doing at the moment. He's got not he's, great he's, players. He's made nine signings in January but they're still bottom of the league. It's not looking good.
1: Can't make a team in five minutes. It's my yeah. new saying I've created today and I'm sticking to it.
2: <laughs> yeah, and they've got Rangers coming up next weekend as well.
0: Uh, it's, it's, yeah. uh, with, it's, if Rangers it get goes, set pieces, they'll score about eight. It goes
2: hand in hand with the fact that Dundee are actually picking up as well. And I know we'll kind of cover Dundee more when we speak about their mm-hmm. game at the weekend, but with them picking up performances and results, what's going to happen to St Mirren? Can you really see any other outcome for them?
0: I don't see any... Spark for St Mirren other than Simeon Jackson who scored the goal for them Um, he's always been the one who's making moves runs into spaces and um, his link up play is actually okay but I don't see anyone else in that St Mirren side that's going to drag them out of the position they're in
4: Now, Oli Lee teeing it up for Callum Morrison that will wrap it up for
3: Hearts Callum Morrison getting his first goal for the
0: Tynecastle club. After a disappointing defeat against Dundee in midweek, Hearts got the home fires burning again with a 2-0 win over St Johnston at Tynecastle. Marcus Godinho and Callum Morrison on the score sheet in the second half for the hosts. Let's start with St Johnston because there's some juicy Hearts stuff to get into shortly. Tommy Wright said it was the worst performance from them in a while, but he couldn't be too harsh on them because, you know, Six away wins in a row They were due a hiccup Weren't they?
1: Probably We always say Roughly the same thing About St Johnston. Sometimes they're very good And they play nice But they're quite hard To break down I think Hearts played Really well here And deserved a win Stephen Naismith Was just Shouting at everyone <laughs> Getting him up to it's his standard Yeah But it really seems to work The second goal The finish Was absolutely brilliant I love when someone Strikes a cross keeper Like that in the top corner
0: But funnily enough That was St Johnston Conceding their first goals Away from home since they were last at Towncastle on the 29th of September
2: that's an incredible stat to have not conceded since the end of September mm. I don't even remember what I was doing at the end of September it was that long ago
1: it <laughs> takes, a, takes a good ball to open up that St Johnson, Johnson defence holy cow obviously he just came back from injury
2: yeah, he
1: he, a he made a great impact didn't that he that
0: was
2: sweet that was These various. progressive
1: passes that Hearts needed out from the back and you can see when suitors there that they can play in a different way they mm. can play out from the back it makes them so much it's like they have an extra midfielder basically and that's your centre-back turning up about 25, 30 yards out, curling a ball around the defender. And uh, Goudinho's first touch, uh, beautiful, just like... Yeah, for a full-back. Well, for anyone. I mean, I can't do that. I can <laughs> Can you? Can you do it? You can, it's easy to say that, but when you actually start doing it, it's much harder than you think. Yeah, yeah. from wearing the right attire. What? Well, boots. <laughs> All right. <laughs> So okay, so on the spin, we're going to try this after. Um, Coutinho takes it down on the spin with his first touch. Beautiful. It sets him up for the finish. But that's what he did. So to break down a team like Saint Johnson's, defending really well, really well set up. You've got to have a bit of uh, craft and quality On the final third. And was
0: it what was what was so different about Hearts? Because obviously they were coming off the back of a defeat from Dundee. It was
1: pretty and rocket, and Levine,
0: Levine, Levine yeah. was scathing.
1: So they had a point to prove, and they did it. it didn't have David Vanacek on wasting a sub for thirty minutes. Mm. It's really harsh what he said. What did he say, JJ? <laughs> he said he was rubbish. He <laughs> <It> was rubbish,
0: <laughs> and he, he was not fit enough, right?
1: Yeah, but uh, well, thing I he think I think was fault if he's not fit enough. Well,
0: he was. Well, yeah. I mean, he was subbed off after 34 minutes against Dundee.
1: But He only joined. He just joined and went to the club quite recently because he was still playing in Czech Republic, right? Yes. Levine said he was very disappointed that he wasn't turned up in better shape. Almost as though he's turned up. Van turn turned up thinking this is going to be easy peasy. Check if, me.
2: If a player's not fit enough, you either. You, as a manager, make that decision to either save him for maybe the last twenty minutes to give him a run out and get into the swing of things, or you choose not to include him. Or if you do, honestly, make that mistake and have to take him off halfway through the first half, you say, "Look, I made a mistake. He wasn't ready."
1: You don't blame him. I wonder who tells him that he's fit because it must have medic staff that can tell. They can work out. Like, I mean, it's not real life manager. They can't. They don't have a number above their heads. He's ninety one percent fit or whatever. It's just strange to blame the player for that. Well, no, but I think what he means is. That he expected him to be fitter when he turned up for the club it was like a new job it's like turning up to a suit in your new job but he's turned up wearing his student clothes and just <laughs> kicking it he's wearing like trainers Awkward. and he's wearing shoes <laughs>
0: What? What are I mean, you? Go- I know what you're he's saying. He's not ready for work, this Andrew. This something I have nightmares about. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so far we've seen Levine versus the SPFL. We've seen uh, Levine against McInnes, um, and now Levine has uh, targeted Michael Stewart. Stewart used to play under Levine, of course, um, and he's criticised his man management skills uh, because of this whole Vanacek incident. Um, so JJ, I, I I put it upon you. Um, To tell me exactly what Levine said.
1: Oh, you want me to do a bad impression? You got to do one as well.
0: Well, I'm see, I'm West Coast Scottish kind of thing. Levine's a bit
1: like that, and then he comes. He's a bit. I I was trying to do him earlier, but it's quite hard. And he's. uh, (laughs) I'll do his Kermit. Yeah, uh, yeah. He's (laughs) He's not like Kermit the Frog. (laughs) He's not intelligent enough or brave enough to try management. Mm. So, JJ, what did Stuart reply with? Said. He's tried to silence me <laughs> before by attempting to have me removed from my position as a pundit. Please stop doing Kermit. All right. he's try- uh, Basically, he said he's been slagging him off before, but trying to have him removed as a pundit. Also, uh, Stephen Thompson's in sports scene. He was he dismissed um, Levine's man management, but he hasn't had a, a ping at him. Mm. No shots fired there. That's interesting.
0: I saw Stuart also um, said something about the fact that Levine, since he's been at Hearts, has signed um, about 70 players. Um, and I read an article that he's actually signed 74 <laughs> So, um, so he, has, he has signed a lot of players at arts And you know, shipped a lot out But well, I, couldn't, I couldn't name them all It would take a while
2: But then you look at it So what was our stat that he named? It was um, They've been bottom of the league this season When it comes to giving academy players minutes
0: Yeah Right. So, so I don't know he, how he's found that
2: one right, This strikes me as somebody who has a chip on their shoulder See when you've got stats You can manipulate stats any way you want to your argument if he has a problem with Levine he's going to hit out with some obscure stat like that I mean I could look at the table and go oh well Hearts have only lost three home games this season or they've scored more goals than they've conceded or they've only conceded three goals all year I I mean it's, it's the 20th of January but they've only conceded three goals all year you can also also
1: use stats to back up an argument though yeah, as well. Yeah, I mean, you can
2: always do that. So if he has his beanie's bonnet about Levine, he is going to find any stat he can to argue against him. And
1: right. I, is, I, but then I, I I totally agree with you. I think that is quite a good stat that he's used the fewest amount of academy players in the team. Yeah, yeah, of he course, yeah, sure. Well, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I, I think he's it's easy real. enough to find it. But you can he, he works the sports scene. You can get a, a researcher. True, to do but it I in do kind of
2: like the idea of him sitting there counting it all up on these well, websites. Well, if that is the case, that is
1: funny, but
0: yeah, yeah I think... <laughs> I think I think it's just another, another level of banter that involves us in Scottish football and it's just good fun, it's, it's, it's old a old good laugh movie. and long may it continue. Yeah,
2: I mean, I like... I like Michael Stewart as a, a pundit and I like Craig Levine now as a manager because he's now got so much banter about himself. So the two of them together, I, I'm, I'm just enjoying this.
0: Did you not like him as Scotland manager, not Laura?
1: Is that what you were saying? <laughs> <laughs> it's become sort of meta because the Stewart is both a, f- a footballer and media, but Levine has to deal with the media all the time and is in football. And the two paths are crossing
2: yeah. I mean, look, they're
1: becoming one Sturt, they're not separate entities anymore
2: Stuart clearly is a wee bit bitter about something that happened in the past I'm quite bitter about Levine about what happened in the past but I'm not going to sit here and rip to shreds <laughs> to the same level <laughs>
3: from the heart of Columbia.
0: who gets it back from Candias and Alfredo Morelos is in to make it three which he does Victory over Celtic followed by defeat to Komarnik followed by victory at Livingston. It's pretty tough to predict what Rangers will do next but Steven Gerrard's side did avenge their defeat at the Tony Macaroni earlier in the season with a 3-0 victory on Sunday. We're joined now by Johnny McFarlane from the Record Rangers podcast. Rangers are back up to second, Johnny. This was a must win for them because if Celtic win their game in hand against St Johnston they go six points clear. Rangers can stay in touch, can't they?
4: Yes, they can. It's going to be very difficult after that loss at Kilmarnock, uh, which made this game absolutely essential. And uh, Rangers, I thought, performed really terrifically well. Probably their best away performance of the season, because we all know how difficult Livy are to play against, especially at home. I think until yesterday, they'd only lost five goals at home. So this was the first time any team had scored more than one goal at Almondville. So it was a terrific performance by Rangers. Wow.
1: What was the difference between this performance and the the Kilmarnock game? Is, is there any difference in setup or anything that the players were doing?
4: Yeah, well, Gerard had uh, completely changed the formation to play a very unusual shape um, against Kilmarnock. He went to four-one-two-one-two, um, a sort of diamond variation on the four-four-two, and it didn't look match-ready. To be honest, Rangers looked toothless going forwards. Um, they looked bereft of ideas. And uh, they didn't have the width that they would require in that kind of formation to break a very stubborn Kilmarnock team down. And we all know that Stevie Clark is a, is a pretty intelligent tactical manager. And he just isolated um, the two Rangers defenders against the pace of uh, Jones and Brophy. And that caused them all sorts of problems. But just in general, Rangers didn't function in that formation. And this was a return against Livingston. To the variation on the four-three-three uh, that that Gerrard's been using so effectively, and I thought it was a, it was a massive improvement. And I, w- I would say there was there was barely a player that that sort of let Rangers down. It was a very good set of performances, but in particular, I thought Ross McCrory coming back into the midfield gave them a level of power and determination and and speed of movement of the ball that made a massive difference to Rangers.
1: Nice tidy player.
0: It's been suggested that Alfredo Morelos might not be happy with a strike partner. He might prefer to fly solo. De um, Defoe was dropped to the bench for this weekend. Morelos looked pretty happy, actually.
4: Yeah, I mean, Morelos has been absolutely outstanding this season. 21 goals, 10 assists in 37 games. Mm. Uh, and that's absolutely tremendous numbers by anyone's standards. I do have my reservations about whether or not he's going to be comfortable in a two. From what I've seen... The game against Motherwell, where Rangers uh, drew 3-3, wasn't a good performance. He was up front with uh, Lafferty. And certainly in the game against Colmarnic with Defoe, it just didn't click. Now, that's too small a sample size to be making any definitive statements about whether or not he can do it or not. But just everything about his style, his bustling all-action play screams to me that this is a guy that, that just loves being up there on his own occupying defenders with wing players who are, who are crossing the ball to him and it's a completely different style of play in a 4-4-2. He's always going to be the one that's expected to drop into the hole and and, and play from there um, because Defoe is clearly a he's a, a goal scorer, a, a penalty box player so it would, it would fall to Mireles to do that and I'm not sure that's his game. I'm not saying he can't do it but I think from the evidence that we've seen so far it I think you're blunting his best skills with that kind of uh, tactical decision making.
1: If you do that as well, it, I mean, Ryan Kent's clearly better as a winger, I would say. And if you're playing your your diamond, there's not really a place in the team for him. And it seems to be that uh, you're quite a big fan of Ryan Kent.
4: Yeah, no, I, I think Ryan Kent's a terrific player. Yeah. Uh, he's got a really, really good skill set. I mean, he runs with the ball. Uh, it's exhilarating to see because it's... Few and far between, you see a player that's got the ability just to go past players um, as if they weren't there. Ryan Kent has that. He's got very, very quick feet. Um, I would say the quickest in Scottish football. Really terrific. It's a bold claim, Johnny. (laughs) It's a bold claim. (laughs) However, what I would say is that uh, Kent, if you look at his stats, just his pure stats, I think it's 26 games, four goals, three assists, That's not quite enough at Mm. Club like Rangers Mm. in that position where he's so key. So I think he needs to do a lot of work on that. It was good that he got his goal against Livingston. That's obviously moving those numbers up. But Rangers need to see a lot more from a player of his talents.
0: So moving on to Livingston, obviously they've been so impressive at home uh, this season. But one of those reasons they were so impressive is Liam Kelly. But he had a bit of a day to forget, didn't he?
1: He made a little mistake. It's a shame. It really gets highlighted when you're a goalkeeper, doesn't it?
2: And especially against your former side as well.
1: Yeah, and, it, and Jack's shot was horribly hit as well. That's, that's how I would hit a shot from distance. It bobbled. but it, that's how I do hit it a went shot from through, distance. It went
0: through a few bodies. Um, uh, but oh, you know when it went in, you just felt for the goalkeeper. Well, Rangers were dominating them. It
1: was going to come anyway at some point.
2: I think it's like you're all over it over to them. him the fact that we are saying... Oh, That's oh I feel feel sorry for him. him? I think that's credit to the season he's having that we're having this reaction to that goal.
1: I mean
0: Rangers deserve to take the lead, but it's just it was just a bit of a oh oh, Kelly.
1: (laughs) Not our Kelly. (laughs) Oh jeez. Yeah, he can get in the bin. Along with uh, Liam Kelly's mistakes. He's, yeah. other than that, he's a very nice goalkeeper. Absolutely. And
0: I'm all for him. So six games without a win for Livy in all competitions now. The last win actually came when it was the 5-0 victory over Hearts at Christmas. So we've said it. We said it was they'll coming. Out, yeah. Well, they've leveled out, but it's more of a bit of a dip now. You know, that's a long time
1: to go without a win. It's, I guess it's how it works, isn't it? You have your ups and your downs. and then Yeah, of course. straight bit. I mean, they should be fine, right? And Then loop the loop. They'll be fine. I they'll
0: mean, be fine,
2: Laura? They'll They'll be fine. <laughs> But not necessarily top six or as secure as you're at the first half of their season would have, you believe. They only conceded five goals at home up until su- Sunday. Mm. And that's an incredible stat. It is. And when you've got home stats like that and then you look at the table, you expect them to be better than eighth and they're three points off Motherwell. Yeah. And... Yeah, I just think with Motherwell then playing Livy at the weekend, it is such a huge game there where so much can turn around. I don't think it would necessarily drag Livy into the relegation battle, but it's not the kind of end to the season or second half of the season that they would have hoped for.
0: There was another mistake from Livingston. It was Halkett, I think, in the the build-up to the third goal for Morelos, who took his goal so well. It was ridiculous. I know it was an open goal, but because of the angle, it was brilliant.
1: I know he scored a lot of goals, clearly he's doing very well, but he's four goals up on his expected goals, so he's outperforming what he should be. Over a season, you'll generally be quite close to your XG. I think Salah and Kane were above it in the English Premier League last season, as good examples of you know world-class players. And Morelos is quite far above it, but then there's quite a few players in Scotland who are above their XG. We can delve into them at some point.
0: If Rangers were to sell Morelos in yes. the January transfer window, what would be... A sufficient number for Rangers to say, Do you know what, we should take the money. Fifteen, twenty. Do you think that it yeah? might
2: change now that Defoe's in? Because they might see it as they've got that fallback option now, whereas before they might go, well, we've got nothing. So and buy someone else, wouldn't they? But even then, then they, even yeah. then, but, good, then. Yeah. but
0: even then, fifteen million pounds, mm-hmm. and you sell your best striker, your best opportunity to win the title, fifteen million pounds minimum.
1: What did belly go for? 19. <sighs> Sammy Cosgrove Ballon d'Or is going to be worth. <laughs>
5: <laughs> You're listening to the Totally Scottish Football Show with Andrew Slaven.
1: Aberdeen could have
0: leapfrogged opponents Kilmarnock into second place with a win on Saturday, but it was a stalemate at Pittodrie despite Chris Boyd's late red card for the visitors. A straight red card for Boyd for a foul on Graham Shinney.
1: Right decision? I thought at the time. It was too quick to give a red, and I think a yellow was probably the way. I can see why it would be a red card, and um, and I think any sort of junior level of football, it's just a yellow. So, but then I think in because it's a in theory elite level, yeah, you should know not to do it.
0: Well, both managers agree with you. They they both really? said that it should have been a yellow. Yeah. Um, I
2: can see why it's a red. I'd say yeah. it was maybe on the softer side of a red, but I can like see, an orange, maybe. yeah, <laughs> it's I the- wouldn't I wouldn't argue with it if it happened like against okay. my team. Uh, well for my team doing it I wouldn't quite get up in arms about that it's absolutely mm-hmm. scandalous so I can see where they're coming from I don't think it's one to get hung up on
0: I think everyone was looking forward to this game maybe not everyone um, I thought it was going to be great yeah yeah what was it you were saying four sec- seconds. feet seconds Um but Kelly as much as they def- I thought they defended heroically I think
1: you can just stop there they, they, d- they defended they <laughs> 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 just defended because they didn't have a single shot on target no and they had no designs to either well, well explain well they came to, they came to frustrate you're playing away from away from home against Aberdeen and traditionally Aberdeen has been their bogey team she seems to get points off them all the time I think they got a win recently this season earlier at Pataudry, uh when uh, Mikey Devlin was sent off for mm. having the audacity to make a tackle so they just set up with their 4-5-1 at the start blocked all the spaces Aberdeen couldn't get near them there's no real link in the final third they were trying, every player was trying to get stuck into Greg Stewart from the start yeah, it's quite yeah, funny yeah. Like any time he got the ball and he couldn't turn because there was someone trying to snap him, uh, there was people pushing him off the ball. He wasn't, wasn't getting any time. Stevie May kept running into the space that Greg Stewart was in. I'm not sure again what Stevie May's doing this time. Sometimes he's very useful, but in I this game it he was not.
2: It's that Greg Stewart wasn't the, the main man in the end, the hero or the villain. That was the, that was the script, was it, it? was the script. And it was the same with the Hibs game as well. I kind of thought maybe um, Flo Cambéry was going to be like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the one that came back and scored the winner or whatever. It was a wee bit disappointing that these two players did not actually play a bigger
1: part. And
0: I, I, did comes... like, I did like the little bit when uh, Jordan Jones uh, gave him a bit of a shove off the ball. Uh, when it was a dead ball, obviously ex-teammates at Kermanic, but no.
1: I thought that Greg Stewart sign was a weird one because he was absolutely useless under it. Well, I, I would say he was sort of below medium at Aberdeen last season. And Steve Clark was. I mean, he's just been on the wind-up for ages now, but he was saying that he didn't enjoy himself there, so he's, yeah. he's done a good job to get him. I think the implication is that they've got more money for him at Aberdeen. I went through all like, his stats and everything. his output is amazing for his time at Kilmarnock. So um, he's over overperforming in both his XG and his, um, his X assists. Yeah. But he's also really high for um, like progressive passes and passes in the final third. He's basically one of the most creative players in the entire league mm. this season. But he's doing that as a kind of free roaming number nine a nine and a half ten and a half what you would call it it's just floating around but now he's dropped he was playing I think it was wide right in this game but he was trying to go into the ten space all the time but that's where Stevie May has to play because yeah. he's not a striker nor is he a midfielder he's just he has the May position the <laughs> but, May position he, like, he just runs around chasing people and you can see why because McInnes is quite as a lot of managers are looks at stats in your wise scout and, and what your scouts see and what your data analysts see so Stuart made absolute sense to get in to get someone who can play between the lines and link the play who was available and who they knew. Looks a lot fitter this season as well. if you'd notice that. Well, yeah. I mean, the one thing that pops out to me straight away when he was at Kilmarnock,
0: it was just his partnership with Eamon Brophy. How is Stewart going to try and emulate that with Stevie May and Cosgrove?
1: I think it'll work out. I mean, there's the, it does work in theory the way they can do it, um, depending how they move around the final third. And um, Brophy was someone I think we talked about because he is on nine goals this season, just quietly snuck up into third place in the goal scored. But his uh, his XG is seven point four three. Like he's getting so many chances. He's yeah. for Kilmarnock Well he put he put his goal away against
0: chances. Rangers very, very well. Yeah. Robbing he, the ball off um
1: he's a tidy player. Like his stats are the kind of I world. mean he's second for in, in the XG and he's second in, in goal scored. He he was the kind of player that the teams at the very top would have in and He's playing for one just now, so it makes mm-hmm. sense that they are where they are. The weird thing about it, like Jordan Jones as well, that signing, they went to Rangers. Uh, I mean, what a story! That scoring that goal against Rangers that was incredible. It's not a person alive who wouldn't See, find that funny. This is what
2: I was looking for for uh, Greg Sherratt and Flo Kim Penny, I got it all on Wednesday night and nothing at the weekend. Yeah. But that was, I mean, that's that's your Hollywood script, isn't it? It
0: was, it was that's it. They always go, oh, You couldn't write it. Well, <laughs> it that's just exactly was. what I would, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was a great, great story. Um, another one is who I'd like to point out who was excellent in this game Alan Power yeah. who is just one of these guys Dicker who too. just does Dicker, well, him and Dickers particularly are brilliant they're just, they just work D- they off were each other
1: wall, so well and they were waiting they are just committing fouls to break up like tactical fouls clever little fouls to stop the play in the final third
2: I like this a little bit Kelly they're doing so well this season and then you're naming players like Alan Power and Dicker and these are not household names mm-hmm. we all know them because we talk about Scottish football all the time mm. but the average Scottish football fan that's not a Camarnock fan wouldn't have the first clue who Alan power is mm-hmm. yet he has been outstanding for them this season and i think that's what's really nice about the whole kelly effort is it is such a big team effort you've not got the likes of chris boy just scoring for fun every single week and he's the one that's individually yeah. taking them up the top it's part high, of it's highly
1: structured isn't
0: it yeah. like, he's he's because I, I know a little bit about alan power because I, I spent a little time when he was at lincoln i was in the dressing room like at half time at one point and he is a proper winner, like he he likes to drive players around him to? to do better. Huh? Why were you hanging out with him in the changing room? I was filming stuff. I was allowed in there by the Cowley brothers just to have a little because I was ah. doing a bit of reporting. Um and it was it was just it's it's great when you're in a dressing room and you can see who reacts and who's who's on the bench. And sometimes someone on the bench pops up and says you need to be doing a bit more. The one thing I can imagine is power probably is doing that in the commander dressing room as well he is he is a battler and he will do everything to try and, and win a game of football
1: the one thing about this game that we probably summarise up is that the, both those teams could be in a title race but that draw helps no one <laughs> nothing <laughs> time to get the lowdown
0: now from the championship league one and two with our very own Neil White
5: for well, the first time in a while, the top two in the Championship won. Air United are three points behind Ross County with a game in hand. They played Dundee United on Friday night and both teams were level on points going into that one. Air hadn't won since November, a run including three draws and three defeats. The latest, a humiliating Scottish Cup upset at the hands of Auchinleck Talbot, of course. But they beat United thanks to an early Craig Moore goal. Also of note for Air's title hopes, was the return from injury of Lawrence Shankland, who came off the bench. Then, on Saturday, Ross County put Alloa away 2-0 in Dingwall. County had lost their last two, but this was a regulation win for them. So, airplay, their game in hand on Tuesday night at home to Inverness, win that one and we will have a tie at the top of the table. At the bottom, Partick Thistle hold themselves off the foot of the table with a 2-1 win at home to Queen of the South. Goal Machine and future WWE phenom Stephen Dolby put away a stone-cold stunner of a penalty with 10 minutes to play, but Thistle held on for the 1, 2, 3 points. In League One, leaders are both lost for the second time this season to Forfar, and there was no change in the playoff places, but what fun at the bottom where there has been something of a battle royale going on all season. 18-year-old Thomas Halloran came off the bench and scored his first career goal, a peach of a free kick. To give bottom team Stennis Muir the win against Airdrie. Brecon turned around a half time deficit to beat Wraith Rovers and climbed to eighth. Dumbarton dropped to ninth because they conceded an 89th minute penalty against Montrose and could only draw 1 1. Anne Stranra, who started the day well clear of the carnage below them, blew a 3-1 lead and lost 4-3 to East Fife. And they have been dragged right back into what can only be described as a slobber knocker of a relegation fight. Four teams covered by four points now. League Two and it is officially on for Clyde. A title race that looks for half a season like a straight shootout between Edinburgh City and Peterhead has turned into a triple threat match, with Clyde emerging from backstage holding a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire. Peterhead were beaten 3 0 in Annan, a double for Tommy Muir, who has 5 and 4. Edinburgh City were 2 0 down and 3 2 up in Elgin, but deep in injury time. Stephen Bronsky's first of the season denied the leaders victory. No such slip ups for Clyde though. Ray Grant, with his first of the season, gave them a win over Cowden Beef. Clyde are unbeaten since October, they've won six in a row, and there were tons of goals elsewhere in League 2. Sterling have picked up real momentum since Kevin Rutkovich took over there. They put five past Albion Rovers, including a hat-trick by 38-year-old Peter Macdonald. Rovers are rooted to the bottom, which is just as well for Berwick, who remain in ninth after Queen's Park beat them 7-1. They were already 3-0 down when their keeper Kyle Allison, no relation to Liverpool fans, was sent off in the tunnel at half-time. Whoever runs Twitter for Berwick outshone any of their players, asking, does anyone know how to rage quit a real game during the second half before signing off with full time Queen's Park 7, Berwick 1? Sorry.
0: As Neil mentioned, Annan Athletic have taken a couple of major scalps in the last few weeks in League 2. We're joined now by the club's player manager Peter Murphy. You've beaten the top two in the last week, Edinburgh City last weekend and then Peterhead 3-0 on Saturday. You must be delighted by this run of form.
6: I am, yes. I'm obviously delighted that we're picking up wins. Um, I'd be happier if we would picked up a few more wins this season because there was... there's been some games where we've we've played very well, created a lot of chances but not taking them. So we're quite fortunate at the minute, the chances, chances we are creating, um, that we're taking them and the players are growing in confidence with that.
0: Two goals for Tommy Muir on Saturday. Um, he's your top goal scorer. So can you just tell us a bit about his you know, attributes as a player?
6: Uh, Tommy, he's a young boy. Um, he, we got him from Dalbidi's star. I had seen him um approached Dalbidi. He was still signed for another year there, but they were kind enough to give him an opportunity. Um, and they let him go and come to us. And he's, he's come in, he took his chance. He started the season very well and scored, scored a good few goals in the, the first six or eight games. Well, um, he went through a little bit of a dry spell, and we took we took him out of the team. You know, he was getting a bit frustrated with himself. But I think that little timeout has given him that drive, and he got the bit between his teeth to come back. And he's 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 banging in the goals. He scored another goal the other week against Sterling. Um, so he's doing really well at the minute. But I think also the team, the way the team's working for him, and uh, creating chances, they know they know what he's very good in the air. He's he's deceptively quick. Um, and he's he's just a young boy that wants to succeed, so he's doing he's doing quite well as well at the minute. But it is a a team game, so it's not just down to him.
1: Well, speaking of that, um, how do you find it as a player manager? It's been about 18 months, right? It's just nearly two years or something that you've been in charge doing that. How do you find it? How do you find it? Um, do you find it easier when you're on the bench to be able to to control how the team's playing, or do you think you see more when you're actually on the pitch? Do you ever have the itch to put yourself on?
6: no not at all i think um you know as a as a new young manager i came in as a player manager at the at the start when we didn't really have the squad together or anything like that i had to play a few games but my whole um idea is i would rather manage from the sidelines to give the players as much you know help as they need and so as i see things and rather than when you're playing you might miss a few things or you're involved in the game so I am classed as a player manager I can still play I'm still registered but ideally I would like to take that step back uh, and manage properly to do justice to the team and to myself.
0: How do you feel the season has gone so far for the club? You know you're currently in the playoffs. How good would it be to keep pushing um, for one of those top top places?
6: Well the team uh, we've been in the top 4 nearly all season. I think we've only dropped out for a couple of couple of weeks. It's tough because the players were putting demands on the players all the time. and we've, We're on a good little run at the minute, but the second quarter we didn't have the best of uh, runs. So ideally, yes. We would like to be in the playoffs, but we're not really looking at that at the minute. It's a case of take each game as it comes. I, I have full belief in my players and know they can produce results like they did the last two weeks and keep it going, but it is about the consistency and the mentality of them and myself to try and keep that mentality going and my staff. So we will just try and win as many games or get as many points as we can and see where we are at the end of the season. But the way the players have performed and the honesty and everything that they're given uh, has been great. But I I do believe there's more to come from this group of players as well.
1: We should mention that you're also a proper hero at Carlisle United. 400 appearances, scored the goal, that got them to the Football League, scored the goal, that won them the EFL Trophy. Do you think you might be uh, on the phone about some lone players possibly in the transfer window in the next few days?
6: Yes, I've been on the phone all day today. Oh, there you <laughs> go, using the contacts, well, <laughs> well uh, that's, the, that's the business we're in. You know, I let a, I let a couple of players uh, go um, at the start of the window, so we're just looking to bring in one, probably one player, just to beef the squad up a little bit. So you, you're making calls, you're speaking to managers, you're trying to get to see games, you've got your job and your family and everything like that. So it is a busy time but once you're once this window closes then you've got your team that's relatively you know settled you know what you're working with but this this is a busy time and the, the earlier window as well is very busy
0: how have you found um you know working in the area of Annan they've not been at this level for for too long i think they've only been in the SPFL for the last decade but how have you found it you know i don't know if you live in the area at all um but how do you find working at Annan
6: well i i actually live in Carlisle which is you know, it is a, a good few miles away, um, but generally my business does take me up to to Annan also. So, yeah, it's great that, the area that we live in. There's, there's some lovely people, that are great to, have, uh, to talk to and all that. So, the football doesn't really come into it unless people uh, recognise you and have a chat with you. So, um, it doesn't, doesn't really have any impact, I think, on me on my day-to-day life, which is probably a good thing.
1: Maybe a free pint now and again in the bar. So. <laughs>
6: No, 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 you've got to pay for your points no matter where you go. (laughs) Good man. Not like like yourself.
1: I I don't know if it's still
0: there, but I used to partake in quite a few Donna kebabs on a Friday or Saturday night in Annan from the Caspian. It was a takeaway place there and it was special. (laughs) Lots of special memories in the Caspian in Annan. That's lovely. um, I hope it's still there. Me and my friends, I used to have friends who lived in Annan and they used to always invite me over. And that's when we would, you know, a sink a, like two crates of beer and phone a Caspian at like two in the morning. Of course, you should I've always drink responsibly now Yeah, and no. uh,
1: eat responsibly.
2: <laughs> one of the few grounds I need to take off, actually, from my yeah? list of 42. I think I'm around 35. I remember counting this up I want to put you back. at
1: 35, Lauren.
2: Ah, <laughs> oh, cheers.
5: <laughs> You're listening to The Totally Scottish Football Show with Andrew Slaven.
0: It's two wins out of two for Motherwell in the Premiership since coming back from the winter break as they secured a 1-0 win at Den's Park. Laura, the Steelmen are safe now, surely. The 14 points clear of 11th place Dundee. Tell me.
2: They will never say that themselves. I would say it though.
0: Then it's said, it's done. It's,
2: it's th- that's it. Set in stone. I mean, ma- I, mean I wasn't at the game at the weekend, but my first text to the guys back at Motherwell um, that I know was top six. It's on.
6: Oh, top six so,
2: I mean they've won three in a row now Everyone's getting carried away But when you look at it They're three points behind Livy And they play them at the weekend The Hibs result on Sunday Didn't do them any favours But they're ten behind top six just now If mm-hmm. they go on a run right now Then why not?
0: So David Turnbull's been a pretty big revelation For Motherwell this, this season He's 19 uh, And he steps up to take the penalty To win the game Stephen Craig has spoken about him in the past, uh, that he's definitely going to be one who moves for big money. So how important is it? Well, yeah. I mean, what are the chances that Muller are actually going to hold on to him?
2: Well, does it say more about Turnbull, or does it say more about the strikers that he's the one that's on penalty
0: kicks? Well, it shows he's got some big cojones. <laughs> <laughs> but... Um... He's fair, really to, to, good. And the, the, the age, pressure, yeah. the yeah, pressure of making penalties at yeah. 19 years old. Yeah, he's, he's got balls, man.
2: He's the creative spark as well in the team. When they're lacking, it's it, you're looking to a 19 year old for that creative spark, um, and he's providing it so far.
1: He's magic. He, he's like a. He drops into the 10 space quite a lot, right? And he links these quite quick, quite quick transition yeah. forward. This is the thing we're just saying that like, Motherwell done really well as soon as cause they've got a good. Solid players, but they're starting to play some really nice progressive football, mm. uh, and it's quite nice.
2: Yeah, they're also starting to look stronger at the back as well. And I think that's probably one, one of their kind of downfalls this season, especially with Charles Dunn being out injured for so yeah. long. They've seemed to kind of solidify at the back, which is maybe a bit more reflective of what they were like last season. Is that maybe
1: <laughs> because they're also pushing forward a bit more now? So it's not just welcoming attacks, again yeah, can push I think forward. So, it, they've yeah, because got,
2: they've got Grimshaw and Tate on the, in the fullback positions, and mm. they're pushing forward. Did you see Grimshaw's run as well? Yeah. Came charging through and if he'd finished it it would have been one of the goals this season but it just shows you the pace he's got as well
0: well what about dundee because obviously it was a superb win against hearts midweek and the thing is that they had a lot of really good chances in this game two chances from rory deacon um, spring to mind for me but they also i think they had most of the possession they're not far away i don't think
1: it's just a bit they lack something at the back and going forward it's not they're not quite good enough in those areas. There. Well, they've just they've brought in this lad
0: from Scunthorpe, Andy Dales, um, who who looked like he was he was up for it. Um, and I know they've brought in this other guy from Scunthorpe as well, James Horsfield. Um, and I I was reading an article in the week he actually played for NAC Breda a few years before, involved in a relegation scrap. So he's one of these types of players that maybe Jim McIntyre is trying to target people who know what these moments are like for football clubs.
1: That makes sense, yeah. Get the kind of heads in that you need to beat Hearts and then come back and get done by Motherwell is not ideal, but they've just been up and down all, all season, haven't they? They've not, they've not been very good.
2: I'm also looking ahead to the fixtures of the weekend. Dundee have got Hamilton Aquis. One point between them. Big game. 10 versus 11. I think that is going to be an absolute clincher. And then you've got, looking forward even more, they then have three very four very difficult games. Kelly... And then Rangers further ahead. But between sandwich in between the Kelly and Rangers games is Livingston and Hibbs. So in a weird turn of events, you could actually have Dundee helping Motherwell get into the top six. Yeah, it's funny. And Dundee themselves securing safety, so to speak.
0: It's difficult, though, to have teams that are in and around the top six in between games that are teams that you want to be beaten because it's difficult to get any sort of momentum.
2: That whole bottom half is really tight just now, and I think the next couple of weeks could really decide what happens in the long run.
1: It's a wonderful league. We love it. McGregor calls for it. Callum McGregor with the shots!
0: And it ends up in the back of the net, through the legs of the goalkeeper. He's had a fine first half, and he looks shocked. The champions maintained their 100% home record in the Premiership, although Hamilton held firm until just before halftime at Celtic Park. We've been critical of Gary Woods on this podcast before. JJ, you've slammed him a few times, yeah. um, but it was another Hamilton keeper who had a bit of a tough time on Saturday. Um, yeah, Ryan yeah. Fulton felt for him, similar to Liam Kelly. I really felt for him on Saturday.
1: Absolutely. I don't think. I mean. Anytime we've um, criticised Gary Wood, it's because he's been awful. He's, been, he's made mistakes. Well, that's legit. That's the, yeah. That's the reason it's not. Why. A, I'm sure you know. It's not a personal attack on him. But oh, come on, like poor Mr. Ryan Fulton was all over the place. Man, he would struggle to get a game at Fort William. Oh, I think that's a bit harsh. You can't say that. He couldn't catch a ball.
0: Sorry, sorry, Fort William. Yeah, but, yeah I would love to much... Fort William. Yeah. I, it'd be a dream. Yeah, but hold on, he
1: did make some. Good saves.
2: Yeah, but you're saying two costly errors. It wasn't just costly errors. It was other errors as well that it was he was basically making. <laughs> amateur yeah. mistakes,
1: like catching the ball. But I'm sure like, he's nervous. He's young, right? Yeah. So he's 22. He came through from Liverpool's academy. So he's come from some quite a good background. Um, and he's played for Scotland under 21. So there's clearly quality there. And when you're playing elite level and you're young, you're going to make mistakes. And goalkeepers are highlighted. So, I mean, if you miss the ball once as a defender, you maybe get away with it. Goalkeepers don't. But the poor boy it was... Against Celtic, you're always going to concede goals like that. But mm-hmm. if you drop a ball from across, fair enough. But he just couldn't catch or hold on to anything. Then the defenders must just be thinking they can't have any confidence in it. Mm. it what's behind them? So, how can the Hamilton defenders do their jobs properly if they don't know what's going on behind them? Everyone's blaming each other for the mistakes. So, every single goal that goes in, you look at the replays of any of these things, right? It's every goal is someone else's fault. The, the third goal, so Sinclair scores a goal, he, jumps, he, he just jumps in the middle of the box. The defender is about two yards off him. He should be he should be tight and he should be aggressive to win the header. Doesn't get close to him enough. It's too easy for Sinclair. The left back is out of position. He's been pulled by the central defender to get near to him, to stay close, but he needs to be further out. And so he he doesn't have the time to think to get closer to the, the guy who crosses in from the right. I can't remember who delivers the, the cross. So then that means the cross has got way too much time to come in. So that's someone's fault. It's positioning maybe the managers, maybe the defenders there. And then the defender who doesn't get close to Sinclair is blaming everyone else for, the defender, for their mistakes when it's his fault as well. There's mistakes everywhere and it's, no one's it's helping
0: so, each other. It's so difficult to go to Celtic Park.
2: You see Celtic fans that are kind of a protest against the board though he messes for them ahead of transfer right?
0: you see the you the, the
2: banner was um, ten in a row is not a project basically saying cough up for Rodgers or lose him
0: so Celtic are due to sign a player called Marion Shved you know at this time of this recording That's and so Brendan Rodgers has came out and said we've got a million wingers we don't need another one it's created this sort of confusion between the
1: fans and the club you right
2: pulling the strings
1: Yeah, Rodgers is playing a weird game on that board. The manager's allowed to have a go at the board so the fans can be behind the manager. um, And the board just takes the heat because no one sees the board. So it's fine. They're just shouting at the clouds. It's fine. Uh, And that might be it. Or there might be actually a bit of a disconnect and they're not really getting on. And Rodgers might realise that he's maybe hit his ceiling. He's not going to get any further than Europa League, really. Champions League group stage is about the best he can hope for. And there'll be teams in England who want him soon. Because he seems like the kind of guy, quite a... keen to leave a legacy, because it looks good, yeah. for the brand Brendan Yeah. and ten in a row would be fantastic, right? But then if he gets offered, say, the Leicester job, would he want to leave Celtic now that he can see that it's actually hard again to to win the league, and he's not getting the support that he wants to have? Well, I'm,
0: I'm told that Leicester connection is real, and it's not like Rogers has told them to go away. So
2: I'm not sure of the the legacy of Rogers having been the manager to secure ten in a row as opposed to being the manager who secured the treble treble and mm. then left because that is purely his whereas the ten in a row is not purely his. So he would just be one of the managers who was a part of it, whereas that's his his glory. And yeah. if the timing's right, then that's going out on the biggest high you could possibly
1: leave on and he's a career manager right so he's not going to stick at Celtic for 15-20 years, Mm -hmm. I don't think that's what his ambitions are, he wants to to manage at Champions League winning level eventually if he's got high ambitions, he's worked in the game a long time so you have to ride your popularity and leave when you're at your peak he could do a treble treble, I mean that would be mental right?
0: I think when it comes down to what does Brendan Rodgers want he is a Celtic fan yeah. so if he wants to become a legend at Celtic, 10 in a row will make that happen I like that phrase, legend <laughs> yeah, but if, to be remembered in the in the halls Keble of
2: we'll get him legendary status he doesn't need 10 in a row to get that status
0: yeah, I take your point I think that's a totally fair point um but maybe he could go for five trebles. <laughs> or, oh God. Six trebles. or six trebles. Six. You never know. How about know. seven? Please, make it You eight. Eight. never know. But if Nine if, trebles, if Andrew. That's it from us. We'll be back on Monday ahead of another midweek programme in the Premiership. Can Steven Gerrard beat Aberdeen at the fourth time of asking? We'll see you then.
3: You've been listening to the Totally Scottish Football Show, a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, email sales at muddynewsmedia.com and be sure to check out our other football shows on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audio Boom,
5: and everywhere else you get your audio on demand.